Hey everyone, welcome to the Layers of Design podcast. I'm your host, Ebehi. First, thank you so much for tuning in. We truly appreciate the time you spend listening to stories and experiences of our various guests. I'm super excited about this episode for several reasons. First off, it's our last pre-recorded guest episode of the year. This means we are one episode away from our 50th episode. Wow. Another reason I'm excited to share this episode is because of our guest. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while now, and to share it is even more satisfying. Our guest today is Aziz Bakare, who is a 3D artist, photographer, and videographer who helps firms, agencies, developers, and solopreneurs translate their ideas into high-quality visualization. I got to meet Aziz about two, three years ago at an AIA gala, and I was inspired instantly. Having a conversation with him and learning about his story and how he created his path, I knew we had to stay connected. Well, in this episode, Aziz is so honest and open as he shares his experiences and process of how he developed his skills and created a path for himself. I appreciate this episode a lot because we really get to know how thoughtful he is in selecting his projects to live in his everyday life and making sure he shares his knowledge with the next generation of 3D artists. Well, I hope you all get inspired as I have and enjoy this episode. Thank you so much, Aziz, for joining me this morning. It's such a pleasure to have you on here and I'm so excited to have this conversation. So welcome. Thank you. Appreciate this. Um, I've been looking forward to it. I'm glad we were able to connect and do this for the people and for your audience. Thank you, definitely. And I remember the first time we actually connected, the first time we met was almost like three, four years ago at the AIA Gala. That was... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A lot has happened since then. I remember, I think it was for, um, was it for the AI, was it the awards? Yes. uh, Okay, yeah, oh my gosh, so much (laughs) has happened since then. Yeah, that was, um, I remember that was for, well, I was there for the uh, Black Architects in the Making Award Mm -hmm. for Craig Cart with Mikari and Associates um, for that project, and we were we were awarded, I don't remember the name of the award, but, you know, it was just, they were able to play the video, which was really heartwarming. So you, so you made that video? Yes, yes. So um, that was so about like four years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, so the program, um, as you know, the Black Architects in the Making, you know, they were presenting the video to showcase like how they want more black architects and they want more people to to see the profession of architecture within Mm -hmm. you know underrepresented communities because the percentages of of black architects is very low but anyways the the award and the the showing was a creation you know back then i was you know doing a lot of filming um rather than just rendering Mm -hmm. And so we were present. We were um, we put together this video to showcase what the program is about. So nice. I love how we just got into it. That was a really cool video. Actually, it was mm-hmm. very inspiring. Um, so I love how we just got into it. But I wanna. I want us to backtrack so the audience can get to know you and how you. You know, you started. So first of all, I want to ask you what got you into design and architecture. Yes. Um, so. I was introduced to the the field of architecture pretty much as a senior in high school. So I come from a family of engineers. You know, my dad is an engineer, my brother is a civil engineer, and my grandfather, you know, all engineers. But that wasn't something that intrigued me, you know, for me to do as, as a profession. And actually, architecture wasn't my 
passion or wasn't something mm-hmm. I was interested in at first. I just happened to be taking a, a drafting course. And so, you know, I was decent at, you know, um, creating plans and, and drawing uh, geometric shapes. And, and I was also pretty good at math. So I figured that would make me the perfect architect, but I was so wrong. <laughs> um, I actually ended up doing graphic design and then once I went to the um, the orientation at, at the university, it wasn't what I had dreamed, you know, it wasn't what I wanted to do. And so I changed the architecture the next day because I figured it was more of a technical industry um, and that's the type of person that I was very like, you know, technical driven, you know, if it's, if it's two plus two is four, everything is just like one answer rather than this conceptual um, mode of design wasn't something that I was interested in at all. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So, so I know now that you're in your, you know, you have your own studio and you're really into the 3D visualization. But before we get to that, I want to ask you, what your passion is for design in general? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for me as a as a visualist, you know, I've I've come to experience many sorts, of, many types of design, and you know, even in in school, I loved just trying to uh, communicate the idea of my design more than the actual design itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so. When it comes to design today, you know I'm I'm just more intrigued by a design that that has more function than flair. You mm. know I I want something to serve a purpose rather than to um, to just be taking up space. Um, it, I'm not really drawn to a style of design, but I'm just the type of person who. I'm just drawn to a functional design and I want it to serve multiple purposes um, for the people, for the public. Um, So that, those are my thoughts when it comes to design, Um, Mm -hmm. especially being a visualization artist, you know, I'm having to communicate people's designs for many different purposes. Mm -hmm. And I've seen so many types of, you know, functional designs, you know, artistic creative designs, contemporary you know uh, but I'm always taking back to that functional purpose you know serving more than one purpose mm-hmm. so so how did you get into 3d visualization yes Why, yeah like what made you focus mainly on visualization yes so so visualization uh, is something that I'm I'm just very passionate about I first was introduced to it when actually when I started doing graphic design because, you know, as a graphic artist, I was trying to communicate flyers. So I wanted to, I had to think of ways um, of trying to communicate the idea to grab people's attention so that that flyer would serve its purpose. And the visual communication behind that is what, like, kind of brought me to 3D rendering and 3D visualization because with our projects in school and university, we always had to present our work. And with me having the graphic design background, I felt that I had a little bit of a strength when it came to that. But um, I didn't know how to do that in architecture. So that's why it was a challenge for me in the beginning. So I really wanted to become a lot stronger in that area. So that's what made me want to become a better visual communicator. And as studio went on, you know, students were starting to present these cool renderings and cool projects. And and I was really excited about it rather than actually designing. I didn't really like have a passion for the actual design of what I was creating. I wanted to just be able to communicate that idea in the best way possible, whether it was through elevations or um, sections or just renderings themselves. And I just love the, the the ability to to tell a story through um, something that you can't even touch. You know, sometimes we're making 3D models, physical models, but being able to move someone's emotion through a visual creation, um, 
there's just so many elements of 3D visualization that I love. And that's kind of how I was brought to the, to becoming an artist in, the, in, in this industry. Wow, beautiful. So how was that process? Like, and what prompted you to start in your own um, studio? Yes, uh, the process was long and it's still going on, you know. Um, I, after school, you know, after graduating, I did not have any sort of job lined up. I had no internship experience really, but I wanted to become better and I wanted to learn. I wanted to become, um, actually I just wanted a job in the industry to learn what I liked and what I didn't like, but I didn't have any internship experience. So the process really began, you know, after graduation was just trying to apply to every single thing possible. And luckily I was, I was provided with the opportunity to work at an architecture firm and I was able to learn the inner workings. I, I did pretty much everything from CAD to photography um, to um, marketing and web design. And through that experience, I was able to learn what I actually enjoyed doing and what I could become better at and what I loved. And so, you know, after that experience, I finally got an actual um, career, like full-time position at HOK in Washington, D.C. And so um, that was just a dream position. I I had two people um, who were mentoring me and guiding me through the whole experience there. They taught me everything. You know, we were using the same software programs as we were using in school. Mm -hmm. So that made it even better um, because I had a little bit of experience with that. We were doing 3D printing, 3D modeling, physical, you know, model making and, and renderings. And so that was my first like industry, you know, professional industry introduction into 3D visualization and architecture. And so um, I stayed there for about three years. I learned so much. Um, it was very fast paced. You know, we're, we're three, a team of three and we had an office of about 100 people. Yeah. So our department was small and we're providing renderings for the whole company, uh, for the whole office and also for other offices um, because it was a global firm. And so we were so busy, but because so much work was coming in, I was able to learn very quickly and it was a rapid experience. Um, and I had really two great mentors, um, which I still, you know, one of the, the guys who hired me we're still, you know, in contact and he still helps me. He's, he's mentoring me too. He has his own business now too. So it's been a crazy process, but um, that's the beginning. Um, the second part is kind of what brought me to Miami. Okay. Yeah. So I actually interviewed for a position in New York um, for, well, let me backtrack a little bit. Um, while I was in DC, you know, the two guys who brought me in, they had, you know, let me know that they were trying to go to the next step, which meant they were going to start their own firm. Mm. And they told me, you know, you could choose whatever you want to do. You can stay here. You can come with us. Of course, we would love you to come with us, but, you know, we respect that you could stay here and stay with the firm and learn more. And so I ended up staying, but with them leaving, I was just this, I don't know, 21 or 22 year old running the whole 3D visualization department. Oh, wow. And, and at a firm as big as HOK, yeah. it's, you know, it's kind of, it was tough, but at the same time, it was not an ideal position for me to be in for their benefit because they, they're used to having someone with more experience. And though I only had three years, I still knew everything that I needed to know about the department. Um, but not everyone really felt that way, which I understand. Um, so I also had to think about what I wanted to do because my goal was to become a, a, an artist who can produce photorealistic visualizations, like top quality. I wanted to produce really great quality visuals. And the position there in DC was not going to allow me to do that because it was such a fast paced environment. We're producing conceptual images, mm. more illustrative Im images because 
the design was coming in quick and they need quick results rather than producing like a polished, um, pristine rendering that can be used for, you know, marketing campaigns, um, websites and such. It was more so we are producing um, stuff for the design team and for the client and then maybe for like an editorial article. So um, the top quality wasn't really a desire for everyone. It was more so just getting that idea out and, and presenting it so that people can understand mm-hmm. the plan, you know? So um, with all that being said, I really wanted to find an opportunity to improve my skills. And I knew that staying there wouldn't allow me to do so. Um, so I began looking for other opportunities. And at that point I had three options in my mind. Um, one was to hopefully work at Google just because I felt as if they would maybe help me create a department for that if there was even a need. And the second idea was to start my own business. And then the third idea was to find another place, um, another studio who, who had the same passion as I did. Mm-hmm. And, and I ended up finding the third choice to work out the best. And I, I interviewed for an opportunity, well, a couple opportunities, but I interviewed for one in New York City and with the company D-Box. And they were one of my favorite visualization firms at the time. Um, along with the company called Mir. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a couple other ones I can't remember. But I got the opportunity um, and I was being interviewed by like three people or four people in a room. You know, <laughs> it was funny. Um, but now I got the position for the opening in Miami Beach. Mm-hmm. So they had a new office coming to Miami Beach at the time. And, and so... Um, I just packed my bags and I said, you know, this is the opportunity. And I went to Miami Beach, moved to Miami Beach, first time in Florida ever. Um, and it was just a dream because actually I took a pay cut. You know, I, yeah. I, 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 I sacrificed a few things, but for me it was worth it because I just wanted to become a better artist and to be around people who were passionate about visualization like me. Mm-hmm. And um, it was perfect. So um, from from there, you know, I learned a lot as well. I stayed there for about two years. Um, and the same revelation came to me again. As You know, I said, I need to fulfill this dream, you know. And so I just made the decision to start my own, you know, firm. I wanted it to be virtual i wanted it to be focused on quality and i just wanted it to to give me the freedom to just explore Mm -hmm. and to be out in the world doing what i love and and there's nothing wrong with working you know a desk job at all Mm -hmm. Um, but for me it was tough because i mean i was working right there on lincoln road and my first time being introduced to such a beautiful place with, you know, amazing weather, beaches, and and people walking up and down there with their families, and I'm sitting there at the computer. I'm like, damn, I really would love to to be able to explore this, but you know that that came that that um thought came to me like after a couple of years, you know, being there, and I was trying to figure out a way to do both, you know, and it's, it's been a process, but nothing, I wouldn't have experienced any of it if I just didn't believe in the dream, you know. Yeah. And that's that's what really gave me the push. And I'm still, I'm having more dreams, you know. Yeah, of course. Okay, so, well, first of all, wow. <laughs> what a journey. <laughs> and um, <laughs> there's some things you mentioned that I want us to touch on a bit. So one thing you talked about was how you, you know, you were looking to surround yourself with like like-minded individuals and also mm-hmm. how you have mentors that, you know, mm-hmm. that help you and guide you. So mm-hmm. I wanted to talk on how, like the importance of having those people in your life surrounding you, especially when you're, you know, dreaming as big as you can. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a huge concept for me, um, mm-hmm. surrounding yourself 
with the right or putting yourself in the right environment is so important to me. You know, and I, I actually just think about this and I compare it to a seed. You know, if you have like a plant or if you have a seed and, you know, you want it to, to grow into something like a tree, you know that that seed can be a tree. You, you can see it as a tree instead of as a seed, but it cannot get there until it's like cultivated in the right environment. You need, it needs to be surrounded by the right weather, you know, someone to take care of it, water, you know, all of these elements. And I felt the same about myself at that time. Is like, if I want to go to this next level, mm-hmm. you know, I need to at least expose myself to what it could be. And I need to be around people who not only that they can like help guide me, but like I can be of value to them too. Mm. So it's like everyone is, is winning in this yeah. um, situation. And um, that's just how I felt about, well, I feel I feel about that. I feel this way about everything when it comes to, to being in the right environment and, and surrounding yourself with those people like mentors or um, other designers, other creatives in your industry. And I think it's also important to to be around certain things that are, are not like you as well, just to kind of gain another insight. Um, and, and for me, going to, to DC and Miami was a combination of all of that, you know, like I had people like me and people not like me, but it was the perfect environment, you know, <laughs> and I learned so much and it gave me the opportunity to fulfill a potential that I believed in, you know, Mm-hmm. So, you know, I advise anyone who is just trying to get to a point or to a level or to experience something to just do a little research and see and pick the brains of the people who are maybe in the position that you want to be in or or maybe ask them some questions that can um, get you closer to someone who might know Um but especially in this age, in this this time when a lot of things are virtual, yeah, you know, we can get it done even through Zoom or just yeah. a phone call. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Okay, so I know. I mean, I know what your you know what your studio is about. I've been following mm-hmm. you for some years now. I've been on Thanks. your website multiple times, right? Awesome. To inspiration. <laughs> Awesome. And you know, some people listening right now might also know more about your studio. But for those that don't know, we mm-hmm. actually haven't even mentioned the name of your studio. <laughs> so can you like, you know, tell us a bit more about your studio and what, I guess, what you guys are up to right now? Yes, for sure. Uh, so the name of my studio is Aziz Bakari Studios. Um, I named it that because I really felt a passion towards representing my passion in what we're doing. And my passion is to present top quality visualizations, but the main purpose of the the studio is to showcase how beautiful something is and how beautiful it can become Mm. through using our talents, you know, using our skills such as 3D rendering and um, videography and photography. So it's a a studio based on, uh, with the foundation on quality uh, and storytelling. And and so um, I work with, different artists and our team consists of people that have the same passion who are who are believing in that and also who are there and wanting to become better as well um so it just works out really well it's a virtual concept um though i have office you know the whole team is just spread out we're all working on the parts that we love to do um and it's just a it's a dream you know doing this is a dream, being able to travel, um, to work on projects around the world, um, to collaborate with people. Some of my clients I've never even met, you know, oh, wow. person. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy to, to be experiencing this. And, um, and at the, at the, at the end of the day, I just want people to know, like, this not, it's not even for me, you know, this is just my passion, but what we're doing is not for us. Like it's for, the clients for the the world is for people to just hopefully gain something from what what we're trying to present. Yeah, 
Definitely. So I imagine you are, you know, really busy <laughs> with, <laughs> you know, with running your company, you know, get trying to level up and get better, right? With every mm -hmm. client that comes. So yeah. I want to ask, like, how do you juggle your work life and your personal life or, you know, your social life? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So something I've learned for the last few years um, is that there's just a major difference between being busy and being productive because when I started, I was just busy. <laughs> and, and that means like I was just doing things that were unnecessary. You know, I was just working on things that I shouldn't have been working on. You know, when I, actually when I left my last uh, job, I literally was working on another project and I had this like, revelation in my mind that said wow you're not really doing anything different you're literally doing the exact same thing you were doing at the office but at home oh, wow. and and for me i felt that was not what i had dreamed of you know it wasn't mm -hmm. what, I, what i wanted to experience so it, it hit me and it made me just rethink about it made me rethink the process of of the business and the purpose for me doing it you know, it wasn't just to be able to work from home. It was a lot more than that. Like, I wanted to become free. I wanted to become better. I wanted to learn how to be, create better visualizations. And so I, I had to find a way to not just become busy. And this is just a, a thing that occurs, like, often, you know, if it's every few months or every year or two, it's just that you have to kind of rethink the process of what you're doing because you have to try to improve um, and increase the amount of time you have because that's those are two things that, that don't change is, yeah. is time and change. <laughs> so um, you have to figure out how to work with those two to get the best out of what you're wanting. And so for me to become, um, you know, to, to balance out my life, and I just had to understand, I just had to accept that you know, I like to work. I like to create. <laughs> and so I had to figure out a way to understand that these are just things that are not changing with me. And so instead of thinking that balance, that everything has to be balanced equally, I just came to accept that it doesn't, but you can create a harmony that will allow you to enjoy everything. You know, some things will be high at times and some things will be really low you might not have as much time for these things, but you might have more time for it in this season. So I had to just kind of create my own harmonious package, um, which allows me to do things that are important to me, such as like exercise. I really feel like having a healthy body is important for me. Also like my mind and, and my, my spirituality and, um, you know, my mindfulness and just being able to have those things are important to me. So I have scheduled certain things that I do every day. Um, and it's just been a trial and error and trying out what works, what doesn't. And, and sometimes it changes. But um, what really helps is just knowing the purpose of why you're doing what you're doing. Because once, once you figure that out, or once you figure like what it can be or what you believe that to be, it helps organize everything else and it helps you put um, things into hierarchy um, it helps you know where you're spending your time and where you where you, not only you're spending your time but where you're investing your time you know um, understanding what the difference is between those two um, helps take you a long way you know instead of just saying okay I'm gonna spend three hours here and that time is done you know, you can maybe flip the script and think, well, maybe if you invest like five hours into this now, maybe it's going to give you like 20 hours of um, payback at later, you know. So it's, it's a lot of different experiences that can take you uh, into different levels. And I think for me, it's, it's just been the, um, the passion and then the ambition to just want to become better to want to have more time to
who wants to enjoy enjoy life and to to be happy. Um, I'm just grateful that I'm able to do these things uh, daily. You know, to wake up and and have something to look forward to. You know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Wow, what an episode, right? Well, we're closing out this year on a high note, guys. Next week, I'll be sharing some insights on how far we've come and grown as a podcast and as a new company. I'll also be revealing our 50th episode guest, so stay tuned. Now, let's get back to this episode with Aziz and listen out for the great advice he gives to 3D artists and he shares some of his most used programs. So you mentioned something that I found very interesting, actually, when you said, you know, it's not necessarily about balance, like you don't have to balance everything out. I really like that because Mm -hmm. I do think, especially in, in, you know, in the society we live in now, Mm -hmm. balance has become really important, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, there's some people that almost like shun people that work so hard, like just working Mm -hmm. and working all the time. Mm -hmm. And what? Because I also love to work. I don't mind if I spend like <laughs> hours on my computer just for you because I'm truly passionate about what I do, right? Mm-hmm. So like, it's really interesting how you said, and I'm go- actually going to take a point, you know, to start practicing that on my own, that mm-hmm. it's not necessarily like, oh, maybe you don't like other things or mm-hmm. you just prefer to work and that's fine. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's now the balance there comes to how can you harmoniously, you know, combine your working with every other thing in your life. Right. It's, it's, you said it right. And that's just how I feel, you know. Um, I grew up with the concept in my mind, like balance is key, balance is key. Mm-hmm. And I would say it every day. I'll be like, okay, well, you know, about everything in my life needs to be balanced. Um, but yeah, I... I have a dream and, you know, I just have to be aware of my, of everything else. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that I'm not ignoring other aspects of my life because I could be saying, you know, okay, I work, I love work, but, you know, I could be saying that I, I don't like to, to pay my rent (laughs) and that's just not going to work. That's not really harmony, you know? So it's like, you have to, people have to understand, you know, there are aspects of life that are necessary mm. and maybe you don't want to spend all your time partying and socializing or socializing yeah. or maybe you you want to, um, I don't know, start a vegetable garden or something. Like you just mm-hmm. have to know what is going to work for your purpose in the time of your life. And, um, and for me... I do a lot of work, but one, it doesn't really feel like work. And then two, it's giving me more time to do the things that I want to do as well. So it's a nice harmony. Mm. Wow, exactly. So um, I know, okay, so again, like I said, you know, I follow you on social media and mm-hmm. I notice how consistent you are with, you know, posting either your 3D renderings or your um, photographs, your beautiful photographs that you take. But um, so I wanted to ask, because, you know, right now it's is the time where a lot of, I guess, content creators or, mm-hmm. you know, people like us mm-hmm. need to be consistent on these social media platforms in order to gain like a following and in order for people to see and understand the work that we do. Mm-hmm. So how do you keep consistent and how do you even keep up with it? And can you share with us why you think being consistent is important? Yes. Um, so in the way that I keep up with my uh, social media is just through planning, you know. Mm. Luckily, we're in this industry of architecture where, like, an actual plan is exactly what it is. It's like, mm. this is what the building's going to look like, you know. And same thing for social media. It's like you just plan out what you're wanting to to achieve in the end. Um, I can say, though, like from my first experience with, with actually using Instagram, I wasn't so consistent and I wasn't really excited to post, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it took me some time to come to the, the mindset of that, you know, this, this 
thing isn't just about me sharing like okay look at me i wanted to like do something bigger and so i started like a personal project which was just to share something every day um for a year and and that would kind of help me understand the importance of all of us just sharing because mm-hmm. we all have a lot more in common than we think you know a lot of us go through the same experiences and i didn't want to just share photography I wanted to share a message through the photography. So each post would have some sort of excerpt that would explain what I was thinking when I took the photo and related to something going on in our lives today. Um, Mm -hmm. And and that turned out to be quite successful for me. You know, what made it successful for me was just the fact that I could do it for a year every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and more things came out of it. You know, I was able to to gain a partnership with Google, which, you know, the same company that I was wanting yes. to work with. Wow. So somehow I was able to gain a partnership that was not even planned. But um, so now I'm working with them and we have a great relationship. I'm so grateful for them. They provide me with great tools to, to capture more photography, which I love to do. Um, in addition, like many people have messaged me and telling me, oh, like I needed to hear this today and this is so inspiring to me. Thank you. I'm going to do something similar. And I just felt that people should share because sometimes we think we're alone Mm -hmm. in a lot of the things we experience. And in reality, we're not like there's billions of people on this earth and we can be connected um, through many ways and social media is one of those platforms that can help us, you know, learn from each other, um, learn from people who aren't like us, learn from people who are in our industry. Um, and there's just so much to it. I'm just sharing photos, you know, I'm just sharing thoughts and, and so much has come from just that. And I feel like, you know, there's even more opportunities. I see big opportunities all the time with, with influencers. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, like, there are some some downsides. I mean, there's downsides to many things, if, depending on how you think of it. But um, with social media, I see the positivity. Like, I see that there's opportunities to connect and to motivate and inspire. And I'm, I, I'll get inspired by other people, too, on there. So... That's that's what I use it for. And um, for people with, you know, businesses, mm-hmm. it's great for them to share more as well. Like, they should share not only just their work, but maybe share part of their process to get people to know who they are as a business or to know who they are as a, an owner or a person or a creator. Because um, I feel like that's one thing that people are drawn to when it comes to social media is a connection to a human mm-hmm. So, yeah, I even had to learn for myself about um, learning to show more of myself so that people can know who's behind the posts mm. um, because the, com- the human connection is so important. Um, I did want my page to, to represent my thoughts and ideas, and I, I kind of wanted to stay behind the scenes because I didn't feel like, you know, sometimes I didn't even feel that what I was posting was enough. You know, mm. I didn't feel that what I was sharing was good enough. And so that's what prompted me to do the whole challenge, just to know, to tell people and tell myself that, yeah, what I'm sharing is enough, that I am enough, I'm more than enough. Um, and it, it just depends on, on how I feel about myself. Um, not really what everyone else is saying about my post. You know, I don't care if yeah. it's getting 10 or 20 likes or 100 likes or whatever. It's more so about knowing that I'm liking what I'm posting, you know. And, and so that was my own test to do that was my personal test um yeah and and it it wasn't easy to 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 show myself because i don't really want to be showing myself but now i'm doing it all the time so um yeah i've learned so much just from from my my experience with social media is crazy yeah wow i completely get that like with starting layers of design like i i don't have a problem you know showing my face when it's like my private Instagram yeah. with the people I know. But mm-hmm. once it came to starting layers of design, it just became like a whole other level of personal. You know, <laughs> so it got, it got to 
this point where, okay, I'm releasing these episodes. I post some graphics, you know, mm-hmm. just seeing them alone. Of course, I know I need to improve. I need to grow. But mm-hmm. just how how do I make that connection that people understand who is behind the page? If not, they're mm-hmm. just going to see this dry podcast page. Okay, yeah. here we go again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, just I'm even I'm still trying to get comfortable with really showing my face on layers of design. Because again, you know, I didn't create it for me. Yeah. I'm creating it for a, a community of people. I'm trying to build a community of people. So it's not about me. So yeah. it's really weird to, oh, hi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I guess, you know, it's just pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so uh-huh. much along the way. Yes, exactly. You do learn so much along the, the way from your skills to your business you know, and even to your interests, and you get to grow a lot. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about oof, a couple of things. Yeah. <laughs> but let's start with when you were talking about you showcasing yourself or telling your followers more about who you are, right? Mm-hmm. You're talking about sharing your opinions and your thoughts. It got me thinking about as being as a black man in America, especially mm-hmm. right now, and in this profession, right, in the design profession, how is being a 3D artist, like, are there some challenges you face being a black man? And also, how has everything that's going on in the society right now, how does that influence your work? And is there some sort of message that you're trying to, you know, share? through that work. I know that was a lot, but... <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, like, being a Black man right now, and like, during these times, for me, is the same as it's, it's been my whole life, um, except that now it's just more popular, you know, in <laughs> media. Um, I just, I'm so grateful for how I grew up. You know, I had everything that I ever needed. You know, my parents worked really hard for me. You know, I never had... I just wasn't the type of person who... who who asked for stuff because I know how hard my, my dad worked. You know, he came over here, went to the States when he was 17. Mm. And um, just growing up, I never really had to be put in a position to to know that there was anything wrong or there was any, that people think that I'm like less than because of how I look. Mm. You know, I never even understood that as a concept. So growing up, you know, I never, had to think of myself as being, um, you know, discriminated against much until I was like maybe in grade school, you know, until mm. I just had some instances where, you know, I would get called names or like mm. someone would write certain things on, on my desk and things. So I was like, I don't get this, you know. <laughs> and then when I got older, I started to understand this concept that, you know, people of course we know history of, of the United States, but you know, I never thought that it was continuing when I was a kid. I just thought that that was the past, you know, and they didn't teach as many details of, of what the things that we're learning like as adults. And so, um, you know, now, you know, as an adult, it's just really, it's really crazy because I, I know what's going on, but I just feel like I have more of a responsibility to, to, to just like teach others, you know, and, and I've always felt that I needed to, to be a, I don't know, like a representation of some sort. And just growing up, I was always taught like, okay, if you want this thing, like you need to work twice as hard because of just like who you are, you know, like, I wouldn't have to have thoughts of, you know, people would think that I'm going to steal something just because of how I look. And yeah. it just took time to get over some of those things. You know, it's, I had to just accept like who I was. I never felt less than, I never felt like as I'm, you know, a person that won't get an opportunity because of how I look. Yeah. The fact that, that some people did think in that way made me want to work harder. And I'm just grateful that I had that mindset. Yeah. Um, so today, you know, with, with it being like a very popular topic, um, I just feel I just need to continue being who I am. I've always been an advocate for like diversity. I've always um, wanted to help 
the youth and I want them to learn that they can do what they want to, they can do anything that they want to do. I'm trying to be an example for them. Um, so I invest into the youth because I feel like they're the future. Yeah. Um, they can learn life in a totally different way that, you know, a lot of people are representing on social media these days. And it's <laughs> tough. It's tough. It's not easy. Yeah. But that's what I feel like my role is. You know, I just want to be some sort of representation for people who look like me, people who don't look like me, who want to know what people who look like me do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, if they think that, you know, how I look is a representation of of what I can be, you know, they're definitely wrong. But if they happen to be that type of person, like I'm going to, they're going to see that, like who I am, you know, um, it's, it's just a, a tough way to, um, experience life to, to yeah. be taught that because it's that's just how people were taught to think and mm. it's hard to not take that personal mm. um, but for me again like I just feel like I have responsibility to be the best I can regardless of what someone thinks I am or where I'm from um, and I can only speak from my experiences of course. Um, but diversity is so important to me you know this what we've experienced in these past uh at least what's been popular in the past like months you know since covid and, and, yeah. and all the protests and stuff um it's influenced me to just also to speak you know to to speak out a lot more before i was more like um i didn't feel like i what I, I felt like what I would say would, would just be like twisted and turned and turned in different ways. But everything that's been happening lately, I've been inspired by the movement to speak out more, um, to, just to share more about my experiences. Like I, like I learned from starting Instagram, you know, um, to actually use the, the experiences and skills that I have to help, you know, Thankfully, I was able to capture some moments of protest and, and actually put yeah. put those um, print as prints and sell them for donations for organizations. And like, I don't even do that so that someone can say, "Oh, look, he did that." I just do it to show people that they can do something. You know, um, it's not to impress anyone, but it's to impress upon them that we all have some sort of ability to do what's right, rather than to just like watch. And um, and that's just how I I'm going about things. I'm learning, you know, and as long as I'm trying to do something, I feel pretty happy about that. Yeah, for sure. And you know, just like you said, how you you taking photos of the protests and posting them, mm -hmm. it's not about you know just to show people. Oh yeah, I'm saying something too. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. more to show people that they too can stand up. And I think that's really important and key, especially now that, I mean, social, everybody has, almost everybody has social media at their fingertips, right? And now that this whole topic is popular, <laughs> it's the best time to, for people who feel that, you know, what they have to say, or maybe their opinions are not, you know, necessary in, especially when it comes to supporting black life, supporting diversity mm -hmm. right now. It's just a way to show them that your opinion matters too. You need, everybody needs to stand up and support this cause because mm -hmm. ultimately it affects everyone. It's yeah. not just about a particular group of people. It's, right. you know, it, it trickles down and it ultimately affects everyone. So yeah. <laughs> I think that's something was really cool. I've seen some amazing things happen in the last few months. I've seen some beautiful opportunities arise. Um, there was one woman, I'll try to keep it short, but she was approached by a company called Peak Design to do a, a story. And instead of just doing a story, she told the company, like, why don't we create a scholarship mm. for, like, um, black photographers? And she ended up doing this, and it went from just being a piece to being, like, a thing where thousands of people applied. And um, major companies supported her, like Sony. They gave out four or five, I think it was actually seven cameras, I'm talking like $3,000 plus cameras to help artists and creators who are um, of black descent to 
to help them support them in their their journey of being a creator and so for her to do that it sparked a big movement so that this is not the beginning like this Mm -hmm. they're gonna do it for other underrepresented um you know people you know and it's it's, it's gonna be something great because it's just they're helping people in need and like making people aware that this country and a lot of parts of the world have treated people wrong just because of how they look and from where they're from and and that's not right you know um so I'm, i'm happy to see like the great things happening you know change is coming change has been happening but like it's you see more of it and it's also a constant reminder to people who are using social media that that social media is not the world you know everything yep. you see on there is not only things happening in the world yep. there's so many <laughs> so many more things you know um there's pieces of media that are placed purposely to trigger people in mm-hmm. certain ways and um there's just a lesson to a lot of this um, and I hope, hopefully it just makes people become better people, become more aware, um, to care a little bit more. Um, it's hard though, cause you don't see a lot of that on social media, but, um, that's, that's why I true. try to limit myself. I try to try to only go to those pages that do show that and just try to be a, try to be good light, you know? Mm-hmm, for sure. I mean, it's true though, we don't really see a lot of all of that positive um, growth and positive change. A lot of it is the negative, you know, yeah. and people just trying to instigate more hate. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, it's the beginning and, you know, change is happening. So yeah. we're here for it. So awesome. you, mentioned, you mentioned how you enjoy traveling and taking photographs. Mm-hmm. What else do you enjoy doing? And, you know, how does that feed into your work? Great question. So, yeah, I, I just really, I love to travel. Besides, like, traveling and, and photography, um, I do just enjoy nature. You know, mm-hmm. even if it's not traveling, I, I can enjoy it here in Miami. Just watching a sunrise yeah. or sunset and just every day is different. You know, I've seen extremely uh, vibrant suns rise and sunsets and just such a large catalog of of nature and skies. And all of that inspires me with my work because nature is what I'm trying to, um, pretty much is my reference. That's what I'm trying to, to replicate and, and tell a story through natural elements. Um, so a lot of the visualizations we're, we're creating are are using nature and photographs, you know, as a reference point. Um, but really, I those are my favorite things to do besides travel and photography. I do I love some Nintendo as well. <laughs> I play like some Super Smash Brothers. Um, so that's something I, I love to do. Um, it's just I'm really passionate about just visualization and communicating visually. I spend most of my time doing those things, you know, even as like a business owner and an entrepreneur trying to solve problems um, in the industry and trying to push the industry as well. Like I'm always trying to find the latest technology and find new ways to represent these ideas. Um, So I'm spending a lot of my time doing those things too. But yeah, that's really like if you see me anytime, like I'm probably doing, probably traveling, um, collaborating with new creators, um, creating visualizations, you know, flying the drone, capturing yeah. beautiful visuals, um, and and trying to teach people as well. I want to I want to start to um, well I've I've done it with friends, but I want to create um, more opportunities to show people how to to represent their ideas too. Um, you know, whether it's like learning photography or learning how to edit their photos or, um, you know, learning how to find good travel opportunities. I want to share all that stuff in a way that's going to be helpful. Uh, Cause I know there's a lot of people who want to learn that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so talking on, you know, using technology, what is your favorite software? <laughs> yes. So that's a good question. Let me think. Um, I would say, hmm, 
Well, my favorite, my favorite software is Corona. It's the Corona rendering engine. Okay. Why? I don't want to say, uh, I, I would say Corona because it just has a really good interface. It provides you with a good material library to help you represent um, your designs. And it's just a nice, fast rendering engine. It's clean. Um, it's really easy to use as well. Um, I like Photoshop, but it's just not my favorite. I've been using it for so long. <laughs> I have like a, a relationship with Photoshop. <laughs> ups and downs is crazy. Freezes and it's a good program though. I just, I prefer um, Corona rendering engine the most. Um, other, other programs I'm using, of course, 3D Studio Max, Photoshop, um, and we're taking, uh, we're taking like CAD drawings, of course. So I'm using some uh, Adobe Acrobat to view those and Autodesk, uh, AutoCAD as well. But the, the major three is 3D Studio Max, Photoshop, and uh, Corona. Okay. Okay, that's good to know. I hope, you know, if any 3D artist is out there listening, he just gave us what he uses. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Now is your chance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're actually coming to the end of our episode. But okay. before I let you go, I uh, want to ask you two questions. Sure. So the first one is, what advice can you give to upcoming 3D artists? Yeah, so any upcoming 3D artists, I would advise you to pick up a camera and learn photography. A lot of the elements, if you're wanting to create photorealistic 3D renderings, you should learn how to, to take a photo, like learn, um, learn how to use a camera, learn f-stop, learn exposure, learn ISO, um, learn depth of field, all of these aspects with photography, composition, depth, they really take you a long way. And it did the same for me when I was uh, an artist starting as an artist, not understanding photography, but after taking photography courses, took me to a next level. Um, so that's, that's one point of advice, um, I would say. And reach out to firms or studios or, or artists that, sh that showcase work or that maybe have a, a philosophy about um, visualization that you agree with to to learn more about like how they got there and i think it will help you on your own personal journey as a 3d artist um, what was the other question i forgot i haven't asked it yet oh, okay <laughs> just that, you said two two questions okay cool that's yeah. that's the those are the main pieces of advice though that i would give upcoming uh, 3d artists for okay. sure Thank you. That's actually very interesting advice. I, I wouldn't have thought learning photography would, mm. you know, directly help with 3D visualization. Sure, yeah. Okay, so my last question is, what is your favorite moment while creating renderings? Let's see. Favorite moment while creating renderings. Or in your design okay. process, in your whole process. I would say the end, because then it's finally <laughs> over. No, <I'm just> like, <laughs> no um, my favorite moment is actually during the beginning phases. It's during, we have a three milestone process. And my favorite part is during the, the, the first milestone, which is where we create the cameras. And we create, it's like the first time that the whole team is seeing the potential of this um, visualization is them seeing the geometry um seeing how different the architecture or the interior design can look just by the shift of a camera you know there's so many different perspectives that someone can create for a visualization and and my favorite part is actually going into the model and creating those perspectives, you know, it makes me feel as if I'm actually there and I'm looking through the lens at the project from different standing points, you know, and to be able to present that is the best when, when the client really trusts you 
you know, it lets you become, lets you be an artist um, and showcase the, the potential of that view to them. You can show them, you know, I tell them, okay, this view is going to be great because we can see this reflection through here. And we know if we make it this time of day, we're going to be able to get this light hitting this point. So it's just like being able to see the final product in the beginning mm -hmm. and, and being able to have those three stages to perfect that is why, you know, people are working with us because they can see that the quality is going to be amazing from the beginning it's mm. more so i always tell the client like we're treating each image like a marble sculpture um you know when you first create the sculpture you're just given like a slab and so we're literally just carving away pieces as the process is going you know we're we're not um just pressing a button and saying this is the render yeah you know, we're we're taking it a step at a time but we know what we want in the beginning of course, people might change their mind about certain aspects, but we're still on that same piece of marble, so we're able to carve it in a different way to fix that moment. Um, but when someone just wants a completely new image, then we're like, okay, well, we got to start off again. <laughs> but it's just a very detailed process, so and it's come through a lot of trial and error and seeing what's going to be the best for the, the visualization. And so I would say that's my favorite part of the design. Wow. It's the beginning. Very nice. Well, thank you so much, Aziz, for coming on, you know, for the past hour and just sharing with us about your passions <laughs> and the work you do. It's been a great conversation. And I learned, you know, I took some tips. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much uh, for having me. And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I was able to share and hopefully help someone else out there. Um, it was a great, great experience. Thank you once again. Thank you. Of course, definitely.